0: Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce, ecosystems, and the communities they work and live in. This week, we interview Stefan Wilkomer with TechDivision in Germany. We discuss Adobe Commerce, Magento Open Source, and the health of the Magento community. We dive into Adobe Commerce and Adobe Experience Manager and look at how it is working for merchants, even in the mid market. We learn about the fantastic new office space that Tech Division has built and has yet to have people come back to. Stefan gives us some great books to read, as well as some great advice that any business owner should ask. This is a can't miss episode. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento certification study materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. This episode is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, eWay Corporation, forward together. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Uh, I have Stefan here, all the way from Munich, Germany, or thereabouts. Stefan, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and what one of your passions is in life?
1: Yeah, thank you, Brent, for having
0: me. And my name is Stefan Wilkomer. I'm
1: co-founder and CEO at TechDivision. We are a um, technology service provider um, for commerce, of course. Not only commerce, we're doing a lot of other stuff, actually, or in the meantime, also. And yeah, what I do when I'm not working in the area of commerce, I do uh, also um, quite some running, um, basically in the mountains. So I, I'm, I'm addicted to, to trail running and also mountaineering. So not always running in the mountain, but also, you know, climbing on the mountain when I have the time. And and that's what I really, really love to do in my my free time. And of course, I mean, um, before the pandemic, I was uh, around the globe, visiting a lot of commerce events around Magento. That was also quite some fun. Now, as we are doing it all digital, uh, this is also fun, just different. But yeah, that's basically what I do.
0: Yeah, and I, I just want to comment that you are a, a fantastic on, on stage presenter. And uh, I had the pleasure of watching your presentation on the, the unicorn candy uh, in, I don't know, 2017 or 2018, where uh, you t- talked about high volume Magento. And then I think you gave the same presentation in India, which didn't quite resonate as well, but uh, still was. Very entertaining uh, in in Leipzig. The one that you gave was was extremely entertaining. So uh, I applaud you at uh, at doing that. Thank you
1: for that. <laughs> yeah, I had so... quite quite some fun there. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. And I I, um, I really I've been I've been to meet Magento Germany. I think since. 2015 or 2016 I think before that uh, I went to Magento Live Germany in Munich in 2014 so it's always been a a very well put on event and I know that you were going to put on Meet Magento's Germany in 2020 but obviously we had a little bit of a blocker for that and maybe we'll hopefully get there in 2022.
1: Yeah, let's see. Um, actually, uh, we are we are not sure. So as the times are changing, I'm tremendously fast, uh, we probably will finalize the planning, or we we, we try to to finalize the planning um, by uh, this fall. So I guess so. This is normally the time when we start to plan um, the event and then we see um, how we were able and also i mean it's not so easy to uh, to to find the right i mean we already had venues for 2020 and then for 21 but then we cancelled everything and uh, we will have to see if, if it will be able we are able to find a, a good venue maybe the one in leipzig or another one we will see um, so actually there is nothing fixed yet, but uh, let's see what, what 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 is coming in the future.
0: Yeah, and I was ho- I was looking forward to coming to Munich. Um, and if you do plan it in Munich in October, the marathon is in October, but there's also a 50K in Heidelberg that I've been inviting everybody uh, uh, for us to run together and that's in the mountains. So maybe we could all do that instead. Ma, I, I, give I think it it's thought. the same way. One in the mountain would be interesting. That would really interest me personally, yeah. also. It's in Vanai Cop's hometown. So, anyways. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That, that's nice. completely off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you're seeing the Adobe community or how you're seeing Adobe working now with Magento and what are some of those strong points?
1: I mean, for us, as we have focused uh, anyway, or I mean, before Adobe bought Magento, we we already focused on, on larger clients and um, we, we, in Germany, we have this, you know, German Mittelstand, which is uh, a really uh, a interesting target group for us of customers. And um, also a lot of B2B, really interesting B2B companies are there. And, and we focused there before Adobe um, bought Magento. So, um, and and as with that, we already used or mainly um magento commerce for for our implementations and um, i would say um uh, really just a a really small portion um of our projects is is open source and i don't know i think we only have one or two uh, left which are based on on magento open source so we as we are anyway more focusing on the uh, larger customers um, us or our our company um, we, the, the fact that uh, the, the change which is going on right now with with, with the ecosystem with um, um, brought through through adobe as they are also i mean more and more uh, focusing on large enterprises or what would we call as again as i said the german mittelstand so for for us, I would say nothing really changed. Um, a couple of things changed, but uh, honestly speaking, for for us as as a company, as tech division, uh, changed for the better because the support we 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 have now with Adobe is. Uh, is uh, much better, uh, the resources w- which are in place here in Germany are are much more because, I mean, uh, for, from Magento standpoint, there were just a couple of people here on the ground. In germany and with adobe you have now a couple of hundred people in the uh, dx space uh, which are covering or which are doing you know different areas or covering different areas from from sales over customer success and service and, and also i mean there is a, a huge uh, development here for a digital experience business in basel in switzerland here um, across the border to, to Switzerland, and and also one in Hamburg um, for for a creative cloud business. So there is a, a lot of um, or there are sweet spots here for Adobe in, in the Central European region, and, and this is uh, this helps us in in some ways, especially with the mid market um, merchants and clients we are we are talking. But yeah, I mean from a, a community standpoint i have to admit um, i have not i mean with the pandemic and there's a lot of you know events uh, were not taking place over the last year and 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 it seems that a lot of you know also companies and and members of the community rearranging themselves um, I also have not really find my place in the, in the you know, open source community yet. So, and, and I don't know if it will ever be the same. I I guess probably not. I mean, this is just, you know, the things, how, how the things are going. I mean, it's, things are changing. And, and also, I mean, the, the, the idea and, and of, of Tech Division and how we are, you know, transforming our company uh, now to the, Um, requirements of the and the demands of the market this all is changing and and i don't know i i guess it there will not be the magento community anymore as we all from the past know there will be probably a different one but not the same as 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 it was a couple of years ago and i mean we should look into that also again as an opportunity I mean, where when there is change there, is, there are all, always are some opportunities i would say and that's how i see it right
0: now yeah i think the biggest uh, na- the, the name change adobe commerce brings us into allowing people from adobe to be part of the magento community so if we don't think about open source and commercial we think of it as just a magento product and i think one thing that we have had now with the name change, it's really essentially the same product still. It's Magento Commerce, changed to Adobe Commerce. And there's yeah. not a big differentiator between open source and commercial still, uh, except for some features and, and so obviously support. But it still does allow regular Magento open source people to participate in this new community, if, if, if we want to call it a new community. Um, okay, so from the... Um, From the Adobe side, then, what sort of opportunities do you see merchants getting now that Adobe Commerce is sort of more integrated in with a lot of the other Adobe enterprise products? What do you see as some really good plays right now for merchants?
1: there are a couple of, of uh good opportunities for merchants and uh, i mean we all already you know use these kind of opportunities and also you know leveraging uh the the adobe experience cloud uh, tools for our merchants and uh, i would say i mean the um, the mid-market offering uh, which we are using here in in, in the um german market here or german speaking market which is called digital foundation and it's uh, consisting of um, adobe experience manager sites and assets as well as analytics and target and then normally combining it with Adobe Commerce, uh, this is, uh, I would say, a really, really nice offering for uh, mid-market clients, uh, because it's it's very cost and efficient on the one hand, because the tools are quite well integrated. Uh, the time to market is very, very short. So you're able to, I mean, we have introduced that recently uh, um, below three months. So we, we, we already, uh, have an, an implementation with these uh, with these products within three months and bringing value to customers, and, and this I think is extraordinary. And and on the other hand, you're able. I mean, merchants are then able to uh, bringing uh, solutions or or having technology in place which were couple of years ago only uh, for the enterprise so you really have enterprise grade technology for uh, a mid market um, pricing and, and you know for for, for mid market time to market so i think this is this is a, this is a really great opportunity adobe is bringing to the to smaller merchants also i mean of course smaller merchants also means kind of you know a threshold um, basically um, so this is uh, of course i mean you have to differentiate and, and this is a probably or was always kind of a problem of magento because magenta were used in in so many spaces as the swiss army knife and which it can be but for some areas it's just you know um it's just you know just too big and too complex and uh anyway a lot of a lot of people used it for smaller merchants which uh i I think it's it's not the right solution um so if you want to have an an, you know scalable and flexible um solution then Magento is the right way uh and also if you have you know already kind of a threshold in in revenue then it is the right way And, and to this customers i would say the adobe products are quite some quite some good fit especially when you are thinking about um, you know bringing content uh, to to bringing content commerce experience to the uh, to your customers and focusing more on that experiences then i think it's a it's a it's a great tool set
0: Yeah, I think some of the more exciting things that are happening besides what you've just kind of mentioned on that mid market, and there is a perception that Adobe has pushed Adobe commerce to the upper, upper markets, where it's even maybe pricing out the mid market. So it's refreshing to hear that the mid market merchants are still included in this sort of mix. Uh, but I think another good uh, another good position that Adobe has put in is many merchants, or I, I should say, many companies do their marketing or did their marketing exclusively through through their uh, Adobe platform. Let's just say through AEM, and they they thought secondly about commerce. Now there's an easy plug-in for commerce, and vice versa, where a lot of maybe only commerce clients had never thought about content and how that affects their site. Now with AEM and some of the other tools, it brings in a lot more functionality. And, and I think like you said, ease of integrations. Maybe you could speak to a little bit about uh, where you're seeing, is it more from the commerce side or more for the content side that you're seeing the, the two come together more?
1: So actually, we are. I mean, as we are coming from the commerce side, I I see it more from the commerce side. Actually, so right now, this is this is the the area where we have um, the most responses on 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 our let's say sales place around that so you know leveraging the products um the adobe products to already uh, to to uh, commerce clients to magento or adobe commerce clients um so there there are i think a lot of a lot of opportunities as i said and there the the other way is also uh, something what I have discussed with a couple of people uh, from the market and who are uh, who have much more am um, experience than we have I mean we, we just have am experience for let's say two and a half years so we, we started. Uh, right after Adobe bought uh, Magento so we we start looking into the product and uh, lucky for us that we already had a content management uh, team uh, already working with other solutions in place Um, but we haven't had any experience with AEM but I mean the concepts um, AEM um, are using are quite you know um, with the content repository there they were quite familiar to 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 our guys so it was kind of an easy way to to jump into that also with the core components which makes it quite easy to you know generate sites and generate you know well or great looking experiences more or less out of the box so it's it's not that from the from the implementation standpoint it's not that enterprise great. Uh, how you would expect that you need weeks or a month to you know build something you can see so you can really easily with am and, and Magento or adobe commerce it's, it's hard always to you know uh, if you have for 14 or 15 hours 15 years now 14 years it is uh, uh using this name it's it's hard to change it for within a couple of weeks so um but yeah, I mean the the the, the integrations and, and that it's already quite nice and it's easy to demo or showcase um, an integration with the AM and Magento within a couple of days uh, to to a merchant and they already see that uh, benefits. But most of the uh, merchants we 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 are talking and where we are making or doing projects right now, they are just you know using uh, they they're not going the not yet uh, the going the headless full headless way this is one uh, one way what you could do so but most of the uh, most of the clients right now uh, thinking of kind of hybrid approaches because it's it's more cost efficient for the moment because um if you're thinking about an headless fully headless integrated solution then you probably also would go with a pwa and 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 then that would make it necessary to change the whole front end and yeah this is a a a little bit of a bigger investment Uh, and, and also i mean honestly speaking not PWA is not for everybody the right solution I know it's I mean it's a big buzzword and headless is a big one as as well as the you know microservices and composable commerce architectures and stuff like that and I think I mean um, I don't like you know to uh, follow all these new trends and things and for most of for 90% of the merchants I talk to I mean a headless architecture is probably not the right way to go not for the moment
0: yeah and i think uh well you do have a big big person in your organization that is pushing pwa lars and yeah uh, he, he seems to really love it and then I, I i see that you're also kind of following eric Irway's uh composable commerce uh route um and i i did see they also just released an aem pwa uh integration with uh with the with the two so that's it's coming down the line, anyways, and uh, I, I do I do tend to agree with you that there is there is a there could be a need for both, but the traditional uh, sort of front ending with Magento um, with Magento theming is still is still I don't know if it's a more practical way, but it's a more um, uh, it's uh, it's easier for now
1: it will and and, and anyway I think it will last for a while still Um, I'm I'm 100% sure for that and I mean I I love the idea of the uh, headless approach and and also I mean the the, what what you mentioned um, composable commerce architectures I think it's that these are are, are, from an architectural standpoint there are uh, uh, good good um good uh, good ways to, to to go or good ways for some clients but not for every client and this is something what i mean uh what sometimes i miss in this conversations that it, it, it will always a lot of a lot of people talking always only about these you know um right now buzzwords which are going uh, going around the streets and uh, but uh, sometimes they're not really what the clients really or what the, what the merchants really need at the moment, because most of the merchants, they are not yet there and, and and they have to, you know, have to be developed into this direction that also from a kind of a back end infrastructure perspective. And um, I think sometimes we are too fast with what we want to, you know, implement and what we want to do with our customers and, you I think we should um, I mean I, I love innovation of course, but um, anyway, you have to always think this, um, for in for as a you know as your merchant uh, what would would you do if you were the merchant and um, from different perspectives and that that's the reason why I think I mean these are uh, really the this is the really the future for commerce, but it will take some some time to you know reach the uh, it's it's still kind of cutting edge and, and it, it will take some time to reach the the, the, the really, you know, the overall and, and and wider mass market for commerce. Yeah,
0: yeah and it is, it's education for not only the merchant, but it's education for the agencies and developers as well and how you're doing things. And as you mentioned, Magento has been around for 14 years or however long yeah. now. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are used to doing it a certain way. And anytime you anytime you offer that sort of difference or, or trying to change things in, in, in something like that, where, oh, let's now deploy your front end completely separate from your back end and let's separate everything and just connect them with GraphQL. That sometimes that that would scare a new developer or could scare a new developer, as well as the content change of going from a traditional theming to a React theming and trying to get developers up in, and running in that new sort of front-end language and way of thinking about it, there is a lot of hurdles to get over that. So I think that uh, um, the traditional approach uh, works for some. And as you said, this uh, maybe newer headless approach or, or separated approach, we should say, will work for yeah. others. What do you think about um, Magento? I'm sorry. What do you think about Adobe Commerce moving towards this sort of isolated services direction where maybe the back end would soon be just SaaS? We'd have, we would just have APIs that we would access and then the front end would be built on some custom application
1: basically uh i think this is this is the way anyway most of the platforms are going and and i think um microservice or kind of an isolated approach could be could be a good choice um whether i mean what do you want to what kind of off target and client group you want to reach and um Again, I mean, the, there is a, a group of, of customers out there in the market for uh, which it will be the right uh, the right way to go, and for some others probably it will not, and and the, the same counts for you know, service providers like like us probably. I mean, uh, for for us, I. I think it it could be could be a a good choice as we anyway are you know uh, getting a little bit more away from only you know developing and being you know the the prolonged working bench instead of, you know, of course, I mean, development is still a big part at tech division, but we have uh, um, attached a lot of services around, around the development and starting much earlier in the process. I mean, we are already starting with the strategy and, and, and all that kind of, 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 of thing as a strategy building, business model generation, then conceptual work architecture. Then we are going to, you know, uh, build kind of an on and service or uh, an application and and then for for most of the areas i would say uh, a sas back end could be could be a good solution um, especially uh, when you look to the possibility adobe is offering with their general you know managed services cloud like they're doing with aem this is a really appealing offering for a lot for for customers as well i mean everything is coming out of the box from from one vendor from you you have different you can subscribe to different services and they're uh, neatly attached to each other and and this is I think is this is could be a really 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 nice offering I mean let's see where 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 it moves but um, probably I mean most of the service uh, most of the solutions anyway are, are chosen this direction so um, I I assume it will it will go into into this way or will go this street down.
0: Yeah, we, we worked with a multinational maybe three years ago in, in Mexico and uh, their European division had chosen Commerce Tools for, for the DACA region mm. or DACA 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 region. So they had chosen Commerce Tools with with, uh, with a with a different front end. So we had done, we did the job completely headless. And so mm-hmm. the idea was that they could choose a backend to be able to plug into a front end anywhere in the world. And there would be this middle layer that would connect the front end to the back end, And they just have to re redo one side of it, you know, to plug into a different backend. Yeah. Uh, but so we, we launched our solution on Magento. And I think one of the advantages Magento had or had at the time and still has for the Adobe commerce version is that we could build in those integrations and customizations directly into the code where uh, at the time anyways, commerce tool had to build each one as a separate node microservice and the time it took to get those. And then I'm assuming the expense. I know that after two years, they weren't done with their project when it took us less than a year to finish our project. Uh, Mm. I I think that that complication and, and some of those microservices where you suddenly uh have to build out 20 microservices it makes it it makes it much more difficult to try to to produce something quickly
1: i mean that 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 could be really a way for some merchants again as i said um but but i mean you you have a you, you have a good example here because I, I figured out the same for for another customer. I mean, they they build a lot of not, not on commerce tools, but uh, mainly on built by them. Most of the services they built by themselves. And they they build a, a huge bunch of different services for for their uh, you know uh, businesses. They 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 want to. Um, they want to digitize and the problem what they had finally when they had I, I don't know 40 or 50 services for different areas I mean there was some insurance service involved and 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 the, the problem the, the biggest problem uh, basically when they went live with everything and was uh, the maintenance the orchestration once you update one service and dependency of other services to that service and I mean the dependency management from a I mean huge microservice infrastructure Structure. This is just huge. I mean, and this can not be maintained for uh, in 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 smaller or mid market projects. I would say sometimes you know a kind of a a solid or let's say rock solid monolithic approach is not the the worst way to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't want to, our talk to get super techy, but I think we're getting a little <laughs> bit too techy for some people. Uh, yeah. So kind of looking at some of the smaller markets, what is what is the competition like in Germany when you when you push off like Magento open source is still a little bit more complicated than a lot of merchants need. And certainly what we're seeing is Shopify, big commerce coming on really strong in the US and in, my, in Mexico as well. Do you have uh, the same sort of competition in Germany?
1: yeah we we do see shopify for you know as you mentioned the, the the smaller merchants definitely um because i mean it's really out of the box us you don't have to take care of anything almost anything solution so uh this we we definitely i mean we as a as as tactician we don't see it because this is not our target group in, in terms of merchant as merchants but uh we see it in the market and there are Getting traction uh, definitely over the last two years, I would say. We see, of course, I mean uh, players, the, the local heroes like you know um, Sharpware is, is still around, uh, so the, they're they're quite strong in Germany. Also in the kind of the mid market area, not not really the enterprise grade, but um, at least in the mid market, we we see them, and, and also in the B two B space, they have a um, they have now an offering and. Yeah, basically that's that, that's the main main competitors in the in the lower end, and and then of course I mean the going up to the enterprise. I mean we see commerce tools, of course. Um, we see a, a little bit of
0: of of Spriker, uh, from time to time. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview somebody from Spryker this next couple of. <laughs> weeks, though. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so uh, so um, I like Shopware, I, I just talked to Ben the other day uh, and, and Shopware is really a self-hosted but they believe they do have a SaaS offering as well. Uh, so that is an interesting way of looking at things from, from both the SaaS and the open source standpoint. I had a great idea that Magento should do they should try making a SaaS one, and then just call it Magento Go. I was wondering if that, <laughs> if you had thought about anything like that, that that would be a good idea to suggest to Adobe, to, and they could call it Adobe Go.
1: Uh, that was already there.
0: <laughs> I know. I believe.
1: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <It> caught me. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm in this space also quite for some while friends. <laughs> Magento gone. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I've always enjoyed uh, kind of following tech division and your growth uh, and some of the you know you, now now you have uh, almost 200 employees, is that right?
1: No, we are
0: not yet, but
1: uh, um, uh, the plan is um, going close to the 200 mark by the end of the year or so. So somewhere okay. between 150 and 200.
0: Yeah. yeah. So tell but us. Is the, it, it's still exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us that you've moved. You've moved. I saw some of the pictures, I think, on LinkedIn or somewhere on Twitter that you've moved into some yeah. office space now. Looks super fancy. Very nice. It makes me want to move to Germany and work uh, work from your space tell us a little bit about some of your tell us a little bit about moving offices in the middle of a pandemic.
1: That's quite some interesting question definitely and I I think I I talked about that for uh, with a couple of people already and, and, and Uh, It still always fascinates me because, I mean, once your your plan are moving to, you know, like uh, we have now uh, in this office building like 3,000 square meters. Uh, So it's quite some space with uh, 180 uh, fixed desks. And So once you plan this and and plan a completely new building, uh, it is not that you're planning that. You know, a couple of weeks before you move. So the plan goes back almost four years, and uh, when we when we started, or when the construction of the office started, that was like uh, a little bit more than two years ago. So way before uh, the the pandemic went on, and and then last year when we from from uh, this is like really really nice uh, number, March thirteen. Uh, we went from, from Friday, March 13, we went to the home office and still, uh, since then, we're still there. And, and even we have now this beautiful, nice um, office building, uh, we're still in, 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 um, in, in the home office with, I would say, like, Right now, 90, 98% of the employees. So we just have a couple of employees working there because of the moving. So there is still you know, some stuff you have to move from the old office to the new office. But uh, I mean, the funny thing is really... Um, i really can recommend moving your company during a pandemic because it gives you a lot of opportunities uh, because normally uh, once you have a construction site and it's a, a bigger one uh, it's probably i mean the chance that it's going to be delayed is quite big and so it was with us so we already have some had some buffer in or planned some buffer in but this was still not enough so we cancel we had to cancel um our, our our, um, contracts, our um, contract with the other, with the old office, with the landlord uh, uh, a year before already. So we canceled it and uh, or terminated it. And um, the problem would have been if we would not have been in home office, then we would not have any office because the new one was not ready and the old one was already ha- terminated. So that was quite, I would say lucky us that uh, the pandemic uh, is there I mean, uh, that was that was the, one of the good things which came out besides you know acceleration and digitization but that was was really kind of a good thing but now we are going to be finished by the end of this month and probably we will will have um or we will be able to offer like, let's say 60 to 70 desks already by July and the new building. So that will be, will be some change. And, and we are, I mean, most of the people are already quite looking form, forward to it, to, you know, meet again, in the office and um, even, I mean, the culture is going to change a little bit more from the, you know, only working because we already had home office before, but nobody or not really um someone used it before now the the employees change their mind also a little bit because they see that it's working quite well also in an agile environment it's working quite well and most of them are going to to have these uh thoughts that they're going to work hybrid in the future but yeah that was but the, the the move was quite that was quite some stuff yeah
0: yeah, and for our American listeners, 3,000 square meters is 32,000 square feet for that. So that is quite a large office space. So how how are you introducing then new employees into the new space? Uh, do you have a lot of restrictions still in Germany where you can't, where only a certain amount of people can can come to work or you have to space out between people?
1: Yeah, we have a, a certain amount of people. As I as I said, we will not be able uh, to to you know uh, use all desks um, right now. So probably when the when the uh, incidents is going a little bit down, then then uh, we will be able to to have more people in the office. But right now, uh, only um, yeah every second to third desk um, can be can be used and uh, so we we have this still i don't know if it's changing that, they, that the government said that could be changed within the next one or two weeks to wear masks uh, in the office so um, not when you're working on the on the table but when you move around and so you you have to wear masks and um that's that's how it is right now um yeah let's see but i mean the situation is honestly i mean i i have looked into that and and really i mean we have done a lot of things and, and really uh, were very restrictive from the very beginning with the pandemic and uh, but now it's it's really uh, also for for us we we are we we were we were really careful i would say with the, with with everything but now it's it's getting really hard on everybody's nerves so uh, we really hope that the situation with the vaccination and everything is is getting better uh, very soon so that we are able to meet and, and work, um, I would say not like before, but somehow very close how it was before.
0: One one thing I'll comment on that Lars said during our interview was that he he said that you care more about what he's producing rather than the amount of hours he's putting in which I thought was very refreshing rather than worrying about him punching a time clock and having him put in 8.2 hours a day or whatever the time is. Can you just comment on how you've seen that? that, I mean, number one, going about that mentality and then seeing it between working remotely and working in office, do you see any higher or lower productivity from that from the in office versus out of office? And maybe you could comment a little bit about, how you Mm. how you expect productivity from the employees
1: Mm. i mean basically the the productivity in the beginning of the pandemic went up in home office um i am not sure why that was i mean i have some thoughts about that probably because um a lot of people. I mean, they uh, They did a l- more and or were kind of more motivated because uh, they were also kind of scared, probably a bit, losing their job or so. that they, they, they and, and also wanted to help that the company, you know, will will come through the pandemic. So everybody. I mean, it was just kind of. Uh, I don't know if if you if you know the um, the, the book from uh, Patrick Lencioni. Uh, the advantage uh, when they're talking, when he is talking about the team one, which is, I mean, the leadership team in in the company, and 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 he has this 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 name. I, I have not heard that in Germany before. But the rallying cry when you have something which is, you know, uh, is kind of a danger for some for for the company or for or is a dangerous situation that everybody is, you know, jumping into that and working hard to you know solve that problem. And this was in the first. I would say two or three months of the pandemic, exactly that. So everybody, you know, worked hard for that. It's it's that the the tech division, I mean, the company uh, uh, is 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 coming out from that situation well, and and then I think it 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 didn't slow down because uh, the people because we said that they have to, you know, um, um, yeah, should. Uh, let the throttle uh, throttle a little bit um, because I think the pace was a little bit too high. So, and then from this time on, I would say it, it's pretty much the the same pace than and we we had in the office uh, before. But I mean. We, we didn't have any anywhere any problems with you know time measuring or productivity because we are not measuring in, in, in that you know once you, you do the eight or, or six hours. I mean uh, at, we, we are looking at what what you're going to or what your team it's mainly not on an individual level, it's more on a team level. We are looking what the outcome of our, of our team is. And what the value of a team is, and this this is what we are measuring um, weekly and, and monthly. So this is the great how we are we are thinking and what what is the value what we can deliver to customers. Because by the end of the month, they have to, to they have the customer have to see something which is you know for value to them. Because then they are going to pay us because we are we are not getting paid up front so we are yeah. we're getting paid after we have delivered so this is the promise what we give to our customers and i think this is a um this is a good motivation to deliver something that is truly from value
0: yeah no that's really good and i know for my myself personally probably my productivity went up because i would just roll out of bed drink some coffee walk to my extra bedroom turn on my computer and then sit there till 6 PM or something like that. I, I know I had I, I, in the last year I've, I had uh, so many more 10 hour days than I would have ever had. I would have never gone and stayed at the office for that long. If it wasn't just, you know, a half a floor down to go to the kitchen and then walk back up and start doing a little bit more work again. Um, I can't say that was healthy, but uh, it's certainly, uh, was you know it was a change in what we had to do, and I think you're right that uh, productivity did go up, and surprisingly, it went up.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I figured out that, that uh, quite the same as you said, but uh, that that is also uh, quite some danger. I mean, if you're, I mean, I, I would say I'm I'm a person who is able, as I'm doing this business quite for a while already, uh, I'm I'm able to handle that, you know, handle that the pressure and know where I should now work a little bit more, and then also you know listen to my body and and know when I have to do sports and know where I have to sleep and do less and, and so on and, and need some some rest uh, not everybody is able to you know uh, or already have this kind of of balance working more or working less and and, and can do it by themselves so there are there are employees who you know really need kind of you know guidance and balance on or guidance on the balance for themselves and and this is something what and and honestly speaking for for us or for me as, as, as a part of the of the leadership, it's it's much more difficult to figure out if someone is, you know, is exhausted or is, you know, doing probably isn't kind of a bad circle. Um, And as it it was in in the office, because you can talk to the people on the coffee machine or on the floors and, 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 you know, you have this non, you know, you, know, you have these non-formal conversations and which you right now in the remote situation, you don't have that many of them. I mean, we have found some kind of ways to have this kind of conversations once in a while, but it's not that regularly. And you you and also not with everybody by accident, which I mean, in the office, I, I haven't had any office for the last three years. So I don't have, I've always have shared desks within the last year so. When I, I was in the office, I mean, that was not too often, uh, honestly speaking, as I traveled a lot, but um, when I was in the office, I just sat where, where there was some space. And, so, uh, and that was good because I, I could feel the vibes and have contact with a lot of people. Now, last year, we have employed so many people I have never, ever met in person. And this is also kind of a, a problem uh, in this situation.
0: Yeah, I, so I, I know that for myself, um, uh, moving to the sort of virtual environment um, and uh, also figuring out what can we do outside of work. I, one thing we did was we just had it. We just formed a daily okay. Zoom stand up, but it wasn't you couldn't talk about work. And uh, we have a partner manager, Madeline who would every every day come up with a quiz or some kind of a trivia question and people would just join for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever the amount of time and they would they would talk about these things so maybe maybe we would just have the people from Minnesota do that or anybody could come and join but the but that was a good way of for people to sort of get themselves away from work for for a short amount of time and myself I I decided that I was going to do a a challenge, one of those 30 day streak challenges where you run every single day. And so I did the 30 day streak challenge and that not right now I'm on day 430. So uh, I just didn't stop. I just, for whatever reason, I kept, I kept going. Uh, the other thing I did was I joined a whole bunch of virtual races, which I, I'm so tired of virtual races. I joined the v- Ironman series where every week you get a new race and one is a sprint. One is an Olympic one is a half and they just rotate them every week. So for about 12 or 15 weeks, I did a race every weekend and I was so tired. I was just so exhausted. <laughs> so that helps though to like relieve some of that stress. And in Minnesota, anyways, we never, we never were restricted to staying in our house. Like we could go outside and do whatever we mm-hmm. wanted. So that, that helped in last uh, in the summer we have open water swimming that starts so you know the lakes are open and people it's really hard to get coronavirus when you're swimming so uh, there's lots of opportunities for exercise in our state anyways um yeah all right well we have a, just a few minutes left um <laughs> why don't you tell us uh if, if is there anything any books you're reading or podcasts you're listening to right now
1: yeah. Um, besides, I, I read a lot of you know uh, uh, from from different websites uh, across the, the commerce industry. There are a couple of books I I'm are reading or are looking right now into um, because I I am not always in the mood you know to and not always have the mind to to read uh, for for a longer period um so um actually one is lean enterprise uh, from from just humble where what i'm i'm looking right now into um just just started with it then uh, i have read um recently again i, I already read it a, a years ago but i and i read the the a couple of books from as i mentioned before from patrick lencioni um so um the five dysfunctions of a team is probably the the most well-known book from him and uh, the advantage is also a book which i really like uh, because it's kind of you know the, the, the i would say the practice guide to you know building your team one which i i i really like and it's, it's a really really good read um what else actually um there is one book from uh, simon uh, sinek uh, find your why which yeah, uh, i think it's quite one it's quite good one yeah and and what i i, I read I, I had a holiday a um, couple of weeks ago and um i read uh the book from from um john strelecky uh the big five for life which I also can recommend that it's, it's quite 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 good read and uh, I've heard I mean I have not read but uh, um, he has a couple of other nice uh, uh, books which uh, probably I will will look into uh.
0: yeah good and if you could give one piece of action advice to a merchant what would you say to them
1: that's a very very good clever question because um honestly speaking i find it very hard to say that generically because um it's hard to 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 say what someone should or can take away from a a a commerce podcast like this um since the listeners i assume are certainly uh, in completely active and completely different uh, different areas uh, of, of of e-commerce and so that's it's not really possible to give uh, a generally valid uh, tip which is uh, you know which you can apply to your business right now but what I can give um, is something which I would say apply to every company right now and this is the the, the question of of the book of why and what so that means why i'm why i'm doing this and this is what i what really is interesting because um asking the question why i'm doing this and what goal do i want to achieve in the future is something people are not really and even you know we we are talking to so many merchants and and um also you know starting then strategic conversations and sometimes you see um oh my God, this is a really successful story and really successful business, but the strategy right now is really flat. So there is not really, you know, there is not really something, uh, like we said in Germany, there is some meat on the bone. Um, So, um, and this is something what I want to to, to give everybody uh, here as a, it's it's not a, a tip generally is something what you should think about that um you really should think about the sustainable strategy in your business and that does not only apply on, on commerce uh, it's everywhere because i think this is will be one of the of the decisive factors in the future uh, if you whether you're going to stay alive or not because um that the question is coming up more and more also from from the new generation of employees so who am I or who do I want to be in the future, and this is something what a a leader or you know um, owner of a company or whatever someone who, you know, leads a team should think about and, and really take enough time to answer these questions for yourself first, and then build and develop a a, a really decisive uh, strategy on that.
0: Okay, no, that's great. I mean, that, that is, the, I've read the, the Simon Sinek book, and that is a great little bit of advice that you could give anybody. And yeah. you should do that all the time. Every year you should ask why. Every week you should ask why. Why am I doing this? And, and even ask, how can I do something better? It doesn't have to be different, just better, or even just cons- constantly questioning whatever you're doing allows, doesn't allow you to go into some stagnant place in, in marathon running. If you're consistently running at a 10 minute pace, It's going to be very difficult to switch to an eight-minute pace or a 4km pace or whatever. Uh in in, when you switch to when you want to go faster, you're not going to be able to do it because you're stuck at this. You need to practice that thing. You need to ask yourself why you can't go faster or better or different or longer or whatever that question is. Um, and no, that's that's great. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um Uh, one book that I'm just I don't usually say a book but I just finished reading the book Iron War it's by Matt Fitzgerald and it's about uh, the Iron Man when it first started in Hawaii and I would I recommend reading it it's interesting Uh, the middle of the book gets really good and you you want to see how they progress through this challenge to to uh, you know to do the uh, uh, 140 miles uh, for the Iron Man so I would, I would def, def, definitely recommend Iron War by Matt Fitzgerald. Um, cool,
1: I will note that down. Thanks, yeah.
0: so <laughs> Stefan, uh, if, if, why don't you give us, and uh, the last what we would normally do is you can give yourself a shameless plug about anything you want. <laughs> oh, that's
1: that's uh, probably one of my my. Uh, um, Colleagues um, and, and, and owners of tax division will, will kill me if I'm not doing that. So I have to do that on behalf of him, of our CTO. Uh, we are working since a couple of years on, on something which is, I I would say, super important in commerce. And that's the orchestration of, of interfaces and uh, third-party uh, systems like you know ERP, PIM solutions, CRM, and and because um, the, the commerce is is really always in in the main of the or in the core of the business because it's ha- it have to be integrated with all these you know backend systems, and and we found out that in in bigger environments um, the integration using you know the normal scenarios like you know f- with with Magento or Adobe Commerce like you know you have crons and web servers is there are just for bigger environments or for i would not say for big environments there for um, environments where you have integrations running all the way and data is flowing all the way down and up um, are, are not enough and, and therefore we build a solution which is called pacemaker it's kind of an orchestration suite for integrations uh, with a, already a lot of you know uh, out-of-the-box integrations to well-known um, services like you know sap odata and uh, product information manager like like uh, Akinio or content surf or other uh, PIM solution and also uh, microsoft dynamics there are connectors for that so i, I want to use this um, to, you know, um, advertise pacemaker a little bit because there is a a website on that and we are running a solution partner program and we already have a a lot of. um, solution partners from the Magento space here in Europe and yeah so if some merchant is interesting in having uh, getting rid of the pain with their integration and. deadlocks or race conditions and, um, or problems with data consistency, then, uh, yeah, you should, you should look it up.
0: Absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we'll publish all these show notes as well and get all those links onto the, onto the show notes after the episode. So I appreciate that. All right. Cool. Well, I, I thank you for staying up late in Germany tonight and, and doing the interview. And it was great to see you again. I hope to see you in person soon. My final plug is going to be for a, an Adobe hackathon and on conference in Orlando, Florida in 2022. Uh, and we're going to make a special, sh- a special spot just for you. So you can uh, uh, come and see us in Orlando, Florida. Orlando is where Disney World is, if, in case you don't know that. But uh, I'm pushing for this little event and conference or whatever you want to call it some kind of an event in Orlando, Florida in January, because it gets very cold in Minnesota in January and we all want to go to Florida. That's, that's my little plug, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, thank you, Brent. Yeah, thanks again, have a good evening. You too, have a good day, bye-bye. Cheers. The Talk Commerce Podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers, too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet SwiftDotter. SwiftDotter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification study materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise level digital solutions, an AWS select consulting partner, Eway Corporation, forward together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.